Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. And we're so excited today to be with our first guest on the podcast edition. We've had one other guest before, right? We've had Dan Kincaid, Dan Kincaid when we were in video format. And so we are excited to be here today talking with Janae Solomon in McCook, Nebraska. We had some great drive time as Allie and I were headed out for McCook Strengths Day. And we are just excited to be able to sit here and talk with Janae. Janae has been the coordinator um, of teammates for, this is your third year, is that correct? Yes, going into my third year. Going into your third year. And um, she's also the guidance counselor, one of the guidance counselors at the Mm -hmm. high school. Um, Also helps do like yoga and wellness implementation with students. Yeah, teach a little Um, bit of yoga. Teach a little bit of yoga, like all the things. And she's a rock star mom. She's a rock star mom. She's a rock star mom. Yes, and has been a great, great strengths advocate within the teammates program. And so we are so excited to be talking with her today about um, her strengths journey with teammates, outside of teammates, and just everything. We're excited to have a conversation with her today. So I think one of the things that from our drive time here, which was about how long? Four hours and 15 minutes. Funny how I don't even notice that when we have windshield time because we're having really intentional conversations and thinking more strategically about how can we build strengths energy. Mm-hmm. And so those drive time windshield hours don't ever feel tiring to me. And we talked about where we get energy mm-hmm. and how that is influenced by our strengths. And when we're in flow, I was able to strength spot um, what I think to be Tess's learner in action as she's preparing some information for some exciting new changes that we have with strengths. And just the way that you're able to share about it, and I can hear the energy. I can feel the energy. So who doesn't want to be part of something like that? That's really nice. And then from the time that we get here, Janae, we feel your positive energy about strengths. And I think we've always felt that when we've been here. So we wanted to do a very intentional Jen and Millie um, while we were here. We hope to do more interviews. We hope to have more guests. We hope to um, be more thoughtful about the ways that we share the messages of strengths, but really kind of thinking about where does that energy start, and we know it starts with each of us individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, in I have to strength spot, I think, just a little bit in terms of how we prepped for this, right? So, um, I wanted to ensure that I sent you some questions ahead of time because you have the strength of deliberative in your mm-hmm. top five. So it gave you some time to contemplate and to think things through. And I think it's interesting, even um, even though we're having a conversation about strengths, I love how even you and I were talking about how we can best honor Janae in this conversation and how we can best prepare you for what for us is usually very unprepared times <laughs> because we know that um, being prepared will help honor you a little bit in the yes. conversation. And so we did censor her some questions ahead of time um, so she could think things through, not because we wanted to necessarily script our conversation or our time because we never, um, we always like this to be very organic conversation, mm-hmm. um, but so that we can, we can best honor you and your strengths. But I am going to throw a curveball at you and Uh-oh. start with the second question. Okay. Okay. So, Janae, tell us your top five, and how would you describe your top five to someone that might not know strengths? Okay, so um, learner is my number one strength. Uh, Deliberative, like you guys mentioned, is number two. Um, Individualization is third. Input is fourth. And developer is fifth. Um, So to describe each of those, learner to me is just kind of always needing to get more information or want it, like a craving um, to know more. So... Um, oftentimes that you know can look like me reading like books or articles of things that interest me or like asking questions having conversations with people on you know topics that interest me or things that I just don't know very much about Um, and like professionally I love to go um, like to conferences and workshops Mm -hmm. and participate in webinars which some people think that I'm nuts Um, and my husband likes to give me a hard time if I'm going away for a conference. He thinks it's an excuse for me to take, you know, a vacation away from family and work. (laughs) Yeah. So, but it's not, I mean, really for me, um, you know, taking that step back from, you know, work and home life and being able to put my learner at the forefront for a couple of days and just kind of absorb information and take in new stuff like that. You know, it energizes me, um, and, you know, I come back refreshed and with new ideas and kind of ready to go. So Learner is huge for me, which is probably, you know, why it's my number one. 
Um, so number two is deliberative. So like you guys said, um, having time to think things through, um, feeling well prepared for things, um, you know, kind of weighing the pros and cons, weighing my options, just really taking time to make decisions. I don't like to jump into something without feeling like um, I really had time to think about it. Um, so yeah, and, and deliberative for me too can look like um, just needing me time or alone time because um, a lot of that happens in my head. I know depending sure. on how your top five strengths look and how they're blended. For some people, deliberative might be talking things over with someone like with communication, which for me is like bottom five, which is why this is slightly terrifying. <laughs> she might be breaking out into high school I a little know. bit right now. Yeah. Um, you know, but for me, it, it's just having time to kind of mull things over um, and, you know, and space for myself to think things through. Um, Individualization, I have always loved um, learning unique things about people. Um, I've always loved to buy gifts for people. Um, you know, finding just the right gift that I know is perfect for somebody, I absolutely love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, or even just recommending like a song to a friend or a recipe that I know that they would like. Um, I just enjoy doing that. You're good at it. <laughs> well, thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. Um, and then input is my fourth, and I really feel like input for me um, blends a lot with my learner. Um, I kind of have a hard time sometimes separating those two. Um, you know, you talk about questioning a lot with input, and I've shared this story with you guys when I was younger. I used to ask my mom a lot of questions, um, you know, and over, would overwhelm her with so many questions. So eventually she just gave me a notebook, and she told me to just start writing my questions down for God, um, just because she didn't have the energy to, you know, answer all these questions. Um, and so I don't really see myself as so much a questioner anymore as, you know, I'll seek out information. So that might be talking to somebody mm-hmm. about it, or it might be, you know, Googling something or finding an article or reading a book. Um, but I do tend, if you know, something might excite me and I kind of fixate on that for a while with the input until I feel like I've gotten enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, I'm like, oh, developer oh. is my fifth. Um, and so with that, like, I've always just had a passion for helping people. Um, one of the reasons I decided to go into education first as a teacher um, and now as a counselor is just working with people and trying to help them be their best selves. So... Um, I really enjoy seeing people, you know, meet their goals, you know, helping them through a hard time or, you know, problems that they're having um, and just kind of encouraging them along the way. So Awesome. And I want to strength spot you for just a second because you talked about how your input blends a lot with your learner. But actually, I also want to spot the fact that the way you described individualization is also um, blended with input, how you said, I have just the right recipe or just the right article, just the right song that I want to recommend. So that is the manifestation of individualization with a really heavy input backing because you know a lot of recipes you could pull from. You know a lot of songs that you have kind of on retainer. Mm -hmm. Um, You have a lot of resources or articles that you can pull from that you've read previously that you just kind of have filed away, right? That when something sparks in a conversation, they're like, oh, I should send you this article or I should send you this recipe, something like that. So you can even see it blended there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sometimes I know you and I have talked about this because we've done some coaching Mm -hmm. together that sometimes input and learner are hard to differentiate a little bit between the two of them. And it's kind of fun even um, to have you here because um, I have learner in my top five and Allie has input in her top five. And so we can see a little bit of that contrast in the different ways that that those two strengths play out in us Mm -hmm. and then you have it in your one person right in your top five and so oftentimes we talk about the difference between input and learner is um, input is just this curiosity about a lot of things Mm -hmm. and learner likes to go deep Okay. So you have a curiosity about a lot of things, and you like to go deep about a lot of things, <laughs> yes. right? Yep. So that blend we often see, um, I'm not sure off the top of my head if they're a most likely pair or not, um, but we often see them together, especially coupled with intellection. We also see really high, which can look a lot like deliberative. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny even how you have that deliberative in there, which contrasted with intellection is a very thoughtful process but deliberative is more guided by decision-making, whereas intellection is just pure thought and mulling over um, lots of topics at a deep level, yeah. so. Okay. So I want to add my input um, pieces, especially generationally. So I've been sharing lately that I realize I'm a lot like my grandma. And growing up, if my grandma heard that, you know, like my college roommate had sleep apnea, then she would send articles 
about sleep apnea in the mail. Love it. No, you know, it wasn't through clipped a text. Out. Yes, yep. it was clipped out. I saw this thought of your friend. So I've often thought back to, you know, long before there was strengths language, I could see this as a gift and a talent that was unique to my grandma. Also, throwing my input in again, I am reading Brene Brown's new book, which is fantastic. And one of the things I really appreciated is she gives you a lot of practices in order to bring um, bring your best self and bring some authenticity and vulnerability to your work. And there's a whole couple of pages about how important it is that we give information to people ahead of time before a meeting. And I have really thought about that a lot because I don't know how often I do that. We thought about it intentionally because we wanted to make sure that we honored Janae's strengths. And that we would both know we would not do that to Janae by throwing yeah. questions at her. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we want to honor, and we know you, and we appreciate you. But I was thinking about how important that is, and I conceptually believe that I do this, practice strengths, but how intentional I, am I in a meeting, before a meeting, after a meeting? And I often talk about who doesn't want you know pages of emails, because I like to write pages of emails. Um, <laughs> not everybody not has communication. <laughs> how many people want to go home and talk about their day for 45 minutes? I do. Maybe not everybody that I live with does. So really thinking about that. But I loved how Brene spoke to really consider people need to prepare because otherwise you're giving them information that they feel forced to respond to. Sure. So she uses a lot of phrases. One of my favorites is circle back. So you don't have to answer right away. And I thought of you when I, when I read this concept. <laughs> Can we pause on that for an hour and let's circle back after lunch and talk that through? I need some time to process this. Mm -hmm. We're no longer operating that way mm -hmm. as a culture. Yeah. We don't, mm -hmm. I don't think that we take the time to do the circle back. And a lot of times with my communication, there are words coming out that I might be thinking about as they're leaving my mouth. They, they haven't processed up in my brain yet, but they're coming out of my mouth. Yesterday, I said something in a meeting, and I said, I should probably write that down. That was really good. Was really good. I had no idea where it came from, but it sounded really good. That happens a lot for me, and if I don't have time to think about what I'm going to say before, I don't know that I could tell you what I did say. Interesting. So when I listen back to Jen and Millie, I'm sometimes astounded at the sense that we make. Because we don't have a direction. We really don't. We don't have a direction or a purpose or sometimes even a topic, yep. yet it seems to flow. Mm -hmm. My thought was, what would happen if we had some questions in front of us ahead of time? <laughs> Might be a little more helpful. <laughs> Might have a little bit more direction with where we go. So this has helped me to really think about, am I truly considering mm -hmm. everybody else's strengths? And I think it's one example that I want to give of Janae. Janae is an avid Jen and Millie listener and viewer like since the beginning. And I always look forward to her responses because I know they're very intentional and very thorough and very well articulated. Like you can tell that we can tell that you have thought through the topics that we've been presenting. Where is communication for you? Do you know? Um, it's like 31. Really? Because yes. you're, you are... Very, very articulate and very gifted in the way that you present your words. Mm -hmm. So I, when she said that, I thought, oh, but it's harder. No, it's, yeah, it's pretty low. So, mm -hmm. but and that's what I like about the deliberative and, you know, being yes. able to respond to something via emails because I have time to kind of sit there and think through exactly what I want to say, how I want to say it. I mean, it's probably embarrassing to admit sometimes how long it will take me to send an email mm -hmm. because I will read back through it, add something, take something out, you know, change a word. And I just, you know, sometimes I just have to hit send and let it go because mm -hmm. I could edit and revise forever. I think that's forever. a gift yes. that I so. could probably lean on. And I, so I wanted to um, specifically spot the last reflection that we got was from two episodes ago. And it was a wonderfully, beautifully written email with response to, it was when we talked about change, it was the first official like podcast mm -hmm. episode. Um, and then at the very end, you said, I just finished listening to episode 27. Um, let me think on it and I will get mm -hmm. you a response email. <laughs> Which is halfway typed and I've been so busy, I haven't had time to, I'm halfway through my response, we'll get it So sometime. do you have lots of drafts? Um, 
Sometimes, like not a ton. Okay. Like usually, yeah. No, usually it gets sent. But yeah, that one that, that's <laughs> been in draft for about a week or so. <laughs> I just haven't had time to go back to it. I love that though, and that is what I find so interesting because something like communication is an explicit strength, right? It is purely about translating thoughts into words, and you can have that higher or or you can have it lower. But everyone communicates, right? Just like when you think about, you know, everybody thinks you know, in some way, your thinking themes just might look a little different, right? Everyone communicates in some way. And we can tell a lot about our strengths based on the way we communicate. So for you, having the time to process and think through and rethink through and rethink through and rethink through is a part of how you communicate. Yeah. That your words are very intentional. And it's not necessarily because of that raw strength of translating thoughts into words, but how your strength of deliberative, maybe your strength of input, um, strength of learner, um, maybe reflecting on how you've done it in the past, Mm -hmm. um, how you've communicated or articulated previously, um, and how you've maybe made changes since then. All of those other strengths are coming out in the way she communicates, right? right? You can have communication as 34. You still communicate. So we can still learn about how you communicate by looking to your strengths, I think. And the whole, the concept of being an internal processor and an external processor. And I remember that, what was the reference about the crock pot versus the microwave? Oh, yes, about um, your, like how you let ideas or thoughts sit. So we talked about how I'm a crock pot thinker. I have high intellection. I have um, high learner, a lot of strengths where I do not have high deliberative. So I'm not as like cautious about my decisions, but I do like to think things through a lot. And so like, for instance, I'm in a philosophy class right now um, in graduate school. And so while we're even thinking, I can tell you in the back of my head, I know that the concept of divine revelation in terms of epistemology that I'm studying right now is kind of my wheels are turning still. Like I'm just, it's simmering and it'll simmer there for a while versus... um, Instapot. Instapot. Well, we used microwave, I think, um, as the analogy, but Instapot's probably a good analogy too, which is a little more um, your, when you have a thought, it comes out um, and that's how you process. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes um, crockpot thinkers are verbal processors and sometimes they're internal processors, Mm -hmm. right? I can be thinking, I'm, I'm very much a verbal processor, I'm even you know, verbally processing this concept out right now. Right. And microwave, you know, thinkers are sometimes internal thinkers as well or external um, conversational thinkers. And so um, it's just interesting based on how our brain connects to how just I think what comes in and how it comes out, I guess, mm-hmm. is the way mm-hmm. I guess I'm trying to process this. And you can tell communication 17 for me because I'm not getting this across <laughs> very well. Um, but um, just the way in which we sit with ideas, I guess, that some people are more likely to move on quickly, having come to a resolution. Other people want time. Or even if they need to make a decision, they might continue to think for a while mm-hmm. after it. So I think it's important that our mentors who are thinking about this Think about the kind of process of a, that mentee might be because it is likely not going to be exactly like you are. Yeah. So you might ask them a question and not get a response right away, which doesn't mean that they don't want to talk to you or it's disrespectful or there's no engagement, but they may be thinking about it mm-hmm. and it might take them time. And could you revisit that again? Could you circle back mm-hmm. and talk about it the next week? So. We are grateful to be in the presence of High Deliberative because it's low for the both of us. (laughs) Yes, yes. And so one of the things, one of the questions that um, I would love for you to respond to is what are, um, what do you wish people understood about your strengths? Or what are maybe some common misperceptions, especially like the strength of deliberative, which is one of the least likely globally to appear in Mm -hmm. someone's top five. I think at least for some people, oftentimes our encounters, because they're few and far between, that we have with deliberative can result in a negative perception of the strength because we are such a fast-paced culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I'll start with that one um, because initially when I did the strengths survey um, and then attended the training, when I saw that, I was like, that's a strength? Like, you know, (laughs) it wasn't one of those things that I had thought of as a strength of mine before. Um, I knew that I needed time to think things through, but sometimes it was kind of perceived as a flaw or as a weakness. Um, And even I think now, like you said, with it being such a fast-paced culture and we're expected to have a response right away or, you know, jump to a a decision right away, um, 
I think maybe sometimes feel like I'm indecisive or just need too long to make a decision. Um, when in reality, you know, like I said, it's just the fact that I need more time to think things through. It's just some, you know, something I've always done and I just want, you know, I just make cautious choices. So um, that would definitely be, be one that I think is, is very misunderstood. And like I said, with the need, you know, with that one for me, especially having alone time um, or just needing time to process things, um, I worry that sometimes people think I'm antisocial. <laughs> you know, like there have been days at work if I haven't been able to take a lunch that sometimes I just have to shut my door, even just so I don't hear noise from other people, like in the sure. offices close to me or get, in, you know, or get interrupted because it's like I just need 10 minutes to be able to do something, to think about something without, you know, having that interruption. Or, you know, at home, you know, I mentioned like sometimes when I – I'm leaving work before I drive home. I won't even listen to the radio sometimes because right. I just I just need quiet and I don't I don't need anything else to process at that time because I have enough on my mind. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, yeah, I think being like maybe unsocial or kind of sure. withdrawn sometimes is a misperception with deliberative too. Yeah, so, definitely. we had a really interesting conversation about that on the way down. Um, mm -hmm. If you don't yet follow, is it? Strengths coaches. I mean, I know it's Micah. Strengths talk. Strengths talk. She had a post about being around humans, being around people, but not interacting with them, mm -hmm. but feeling. I saw that. I think I follow her on Instagram. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's where we saw it, and we were kind of talking about. Tess was talking about studying from seven a.m. until eight p.m. and the different coffee shops that she went to, mm -hmm. and we talked a little bit about when we feel engaged and when we feel where we, I think it was a lot of where we derive energy, like yes. where we get filled kind of back up. If you use that analogy, Allie mm -hmm. was talking about it. Her and her um, husband recently purchased like brand new camper and she was talking about being out um, kind of at two rivers and um, removed from a lot of civilization mm -hmm. and that really fills her and energizes her. And so it was kind of like asking her what she thought about the difference between, because you fall, especially with your strength, and more historically, not as much lately, but you fall on the extroversion side yes. of the extroversion introversion scale. I fall on the introversion side right. of that scale. But I oftentimes will get really re-energized when I am get to be totally in my head, but in the space of other people. So like that example that I was sharing with Allie, it was a full day. I had two papers to get done and a bunch of reading for school. And so I got to my first coffee shop at 7 a.m. and I studied all the way till 8 p.m. And just because I knew I needed to get up and change, I went to three different coffee shops. Um, and I, the only conversation I ever had with anyone was the three baristas when I ordered my black coffee to sit there for a few hours to study. And it was so energizing because I got to be in a social environment while being totally introspective. I didn't have to interact with anyone. Mm -hmm. There was no expectation of conversation. Um, so it was just very interesting even how we contrasted that. How do you feel like, what do you feel like are spaces where you get filled up or you derive energy? Do you have to be isolated from people or could you be around people? You know, I think for the most part, I would relate more to what Ali said with just kind of being alone and especially outside. I love to be out in nature um, and outdoors getting fresh air, sunshine that really re-energizes me. But sure. I can relate to what you're saying too. Um, you know, because one of the things that is kind of fun when I go to these conferences or workshops, mm -hmm. um, especially if it's someplace, you know, like Denver, where you can kind of wander around downtown, is, yeah, you can go hang out in a coffee, coffee shop for a little bit or, you know, be walking down the street. And, you know, I live in McCook, which is like population less than 8,000. So <laughs> everywhere you go, whether it's Walmart or coffee shop or the gas station like you're going to have a conversation with somebody because they're going to know you or have a connection with you mm -hmm. and so not having that pressure or just knowing that you you're know there's a lot of people around me <laughs> yeah. but nobody knows me and I can be in my own element like I mean that can be yeah, energizing yeah, too definitely. so I would say I mean it just kind of depends but Incredible. that I don't normally have access to yes, living where I do sense. so for mm -hmm. me it's more yeah taking a walk with the dog you know and clearing my head for a little bit or right. you know doing some yoga or you know reading you know quietly somewhere yeah. where no one's gonna bother me so and what I was hearing from her example about shutting the door you know, yes, the, the noise yes. in the hallway yep. was kind of the opposite, opposite of what I had heard you say exactly. earlier. And I was thinking, okay, so it's the nuances of our strengths that sometimes are so interesting to me because it's so much more than strengths. Yeah. And it's interesting, this just made my brain connect back to a conversation we'd had previously about how um, music, mm -hmm. how I use music to focus. Mm -hmm. 
and how the additional noise actually helps me focus more rather than um, maybe more a more quiet space, which both help. But I think when there's the possibility of noise, having noise that I can control helps me to focus more. And so it's interesting because we talked about that very early on, mm-hmm. like a couple of years ago, about kind of putting in the headphones mm-hmm. and you're like, how do, how on earth do you get more done when you put in headphones? And I was like, because I sit across from you at the office. Um, but I think it's, yeah, it's just very interesting to see how that, how that interplay happens. But what you mentioned made me, now I just wanted to like study people even more than I do. But um, there's something, I think you're right on about the fact that there's an anonymity to the experience that I was having and the experience you talked about in Denver mm-hmm. about knowing. I felt fine because even if I, you know, I usually run into someone when I'm in a coffee shop, but there's something about the ability to remain under the radar, unaware, and I can be out, but I don't have to be on, mm-hmm. right? And so I just even connecting this Which now. is what I was talking about earlier it's, regarding woo and training. Mm, yeah. There is a difference between my need to be on when I'm training because I want to make yeah. sure everybody's getting the same experience, even if I'm tired or whatever that might mean. It's a need to feel I have to be on. Yeah. So sometimes I just want to be off. Yeah. And I didn't grow up with anonymity at all mm-hmm. and <laughs> lived the majority of my adult life without anonymity. So when I go to places and can be, I think it honors input. I'm absorbing mm-hmm. information. I want to yeah. check out this coffee yeah. shop. I want to hike here. I want to you know, check out what this wine shop has. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things feed into, um, I mean, I have a list. Yes, you have seen your list. Yeah, Allie's list. So that's awesome. We we I don't know. Are we on topic? <laughs> we are not. <laughs> not at all. But okay. this is what I love about Jen and Millie because now my wheels are just turning. Right, my crack <laughs> back is just. Can you see it? And it's just it? I am just like oh my gosh! It all has to do about the prediction of social interaction. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so sorry. That's a Dr. whole other. That's a whole other research question. But I do want to know if there's any other misperceptions you feel like you get. You talked a little bit about your deliberative, but I feel like there can be misperceptions with every strength. That's one we just tend to talk about. Do you yeah. feel like there are other other misperceptions that you get with your strengths? You know, with mine, I think the other one would maybe be the learner. Um, you know, like I said, I you know, it's kind of giving my husband a hard time, you know, about teasing me for going to conferences and things and just wanting a vacation. Um, when actually, I mean, I truly enjoy that. I mean, there are people, I do know people who will take a day to go to a conference or a workshop just to get out of work. Yes. I mean, and sometimes oh, you just they don't need... even go to the sessions. Oh, right. Oh, or they sit, there on, yeah. oh they sit there on their phones right. the whole time. We're totally disengaged. But for me, I mean, like I said, that is something that truly energizes me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just, yeah, with the learner, you know, it, again, with how it blends with my other strengths, again, it might sometimes make me look like I'm antisocial if I'm just sitting absorbing things, processing things. Um, or like a nerd, you know, having 20 books on my bookshelf. Oh, we're proud nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're amongst, <laughs> you're amongst your people. Yeah. So, um, right so yeah, so I think that one would be another one that is, would be misunderstood maybe a little bit. Just the true desire and need to, to get more information and learn more. So generationally, where are you? What generation do you... Know, you... I, didn't, I was going to take that quiz. And well, I you don't have to. Well, you can just tell us. Because um, I'm so against that quiz anymore that... <laughs> But just in as far as what generation would you say that you connect with based on, do you want to simplify it to age? Oh, I was just going to say what year were you born in, and that would have a very clear-cut boundary. So 1986, so I think I'm really close with... Mm-hmm. So I think some people cut it off at 85 and some people cut it off at 89. Okay. So you are in that really weird gray area, actually, of, kind of between millennial and Gen Xer. Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. And, you know, and, and I, when I was processing as you guys were having that conversation, um, and it's interesting because, I mean, you guys talk a lot about generational differences. Um, but really, I think aside from my conversations with you guys or through teammates, I don't really have a lot of conversations with people about, you know, mm-hmm. labeling people or, you know, categorizing them, them right. by, you know, generations. I mean, we talk about the younger generation. I mean, kids today and, you know, technology and the fact that everything's at their fingertips and instantaneous and um, kind of the effects of that. But as far as 
you know, separating. Yeah, sure. yeah, that's not really something that I spend a lot of time thinking about, sure. I guess. And so. I don't know that we did until we started working together and noticing yeah. them. And right. Noticing it. And it was from those patterns of noticing that I tend to focus better when I plug into music versus... You know, and we know that that's more of maybe a generational pattern than anything. Mm-hmm. So just things, those patterns that we picked up that then cued us in to the actual categories, I think. So if you, and I don't, I hate to ask a question that's, that we haven't talked about yet, but if you, <laughs> or isn't on this, if you were to align yourself at this moment, would you say a little bit of both? I, yeah, probably, but I would say, because I would say probably millennials, the older, like, or no, no, so Gen X would be, yeah, I would, I would probably say that I would, I would lean a little more towards Gen X, because, and I, like I said, it's been a long, it's been a while Mm -hmm. since I've studied or looked at information on either of them, but I know when I have looked at them before, I felt like when I was scooched into the uh, millennial category, I was like, oh, no, I don't want to be in that. Yeah, I know all of us don't want to be in that category. I don't need technology. I don't take selfies. I don't. Right. But, I mean, but there's the stereotypes, yes, too, you know. Yes. So. And yeah. that, I believe, is a generational tag that has been over-stereotyped. Yes. And they have received such a bad rap. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. When we go to conferences or attend learning sessions, I always, like, make eye contact with someone at Teammates about the first time that they mention millennials. Usually it's within the first 10 minutes of any given presentation. And I was like, oh, wow, that took you 24 minutes to mention the word millennials. So proud of you. Because you don't hear the label of Gen X being thrown around. You don't hear baby, you know, baby yeah. we, we don't that much. Not as much, hear, right. yeah. mm-hmm. So I think um, because I'm always trying to think about ways that we tie not just our strengths into these dialogues, mm-hmm. but the perspective from where we with our age and experiences and generational perspective, see things a little bit differently. And a lot of times, they aren't that different. Mm-hmm. I, I can hear so much with Tessa's context of the love. I mean, she is, she's not millennialish in my conceptual mm-hmm. stereotypes. She has, a, I mean, she has a beautiful record player that she adores, and it's not a hipster record player. I mean, it's a record player that has a meaning here. Um, her connection to her books is not hipster. And I hate, I'm not sorry, I'm sorry to use hipster as a word here. Because I know we talked about that. We, we talked about, you know, what's assumed, not so positively. That's a tag that just isn't fair. Yeah. And I don't think other generations get that as much as millennials do. Mm-hmm. So I'm acknowledging that out loud. I appreciate that. <laughs> I accept your apology. For that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So we do um, would love to hear a little bit more about um, about strengths, and I want to set this up a little bit because okay. um, Allie and I, and our in my two and a half years of learning around strengths, three years, almost well, actually like four years, knowing strengths and being introduced to the concept, and your almost ten years mm-hmm. of learning around it, um, we have seen a great there's like the people that are introduced to it and they're like okay cool strengths I get it or I don't really get it you know that that are pretty non-responsive or don't have a lot of um, attachment to it there are those people that get strengths that understand the concept that receive it that will come to a one-hour training with it but don't tend to take their learning a whole lot beyond maybe what we ask of them with teammates and then there's a pretty big gap we find between all of those people aforementioned and the people that own strengths that see their top five and they're like man this is me and they take it and they want their family to know about it and they take it and they say how can I how can I view the world with this perspective like those that understand strengths and those that get strengths Mm -hmm. and I don't know if there's a great a better way to describe kind of that that divide but you are a person who gets strengths Mm -hmm. and has taken it and who has applied it to all areas of her life um, in your role as a counselor in your role as a wife in your role as a mom in your role as a teammates coordinator Um, we have seen that ownership just totally come over you Um, And it's been awesome to see even just the small bit of development that you have just really invested in um, that we've been able to be a part of your life in the past few years. Um, And so I want to know, what do you feel like it was that hooked you, that got you hooked on strengths? That really, what was it that that led you to that point of really getting it and owning the concept? 
Yeah, so I think because I had looked back to when I took strengths because I couldn't remember, and it was um, April of 2016. So it hasn't even been that long since I took that first assessment. Or yeah, that doesn't sound right. It was before I was program coordinator, so it would have been that spring right before, um, and I was just a mentor at the time. Um, and I remember, you know, taking this survey, and I've, I've always liked to take, you know, like personality surveys yeah. and things like that. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, I'm like, sure, I'll do this. Um, and then I came to the training, and I remember talking to Darcy after the training, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, we should be doing this in the school. Like, this is amazing. Like, how does everyone not know about this, and why isn't everyone excited about this? I mean, so. We agree. Yeah, we agree. So, right away, I was like, because I already knew I was going to be, I was teaching at, the, or at our alternative high school. Um, at the time, and I knew I was going to be transitioning to the high school as a counselor the next year. And so my wheels are already turning, like, how can we get this into the high school? And that's something I have, you know, proposed and brought up and kind of, you know, mulled over with our administration a few different times and haven't got it accomplished yet. I'm still working on that. But um, it was just something that it just clicked for me. And I think with with the individualization and the developer, um, you know, it was interesting to me, number one. But number two, it's like, I want to know these things about everyone. Like, I want to know them about, you know, my husband, who I told you guys, I gave him a strengths code for Valentine's Day. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I just, that. I was dying to know. Um, you know, luckily, what a great gift. Right. My son was matched in teammates right around the same time that I, um, that I became a mentor. And so he took the strengths um, survey that same year. And so that was kind of fun to do that learning process, um, for, you know, for myself and for my mentee, but then also to see his too. Because right. um, it, it just changes your perspective and it helps you, you know, see things and people, even though I, I feel like I'm pretty good at, at seeing that, uh, that sort of thing. But it just brings things out, you know, brings awareness to things that maybe you wouldn't have thought about before. So, um, yeah, I guess it was, I was just captivated by the training. I mean, I remember, you know, afterwards thinking, oh my gosh, Ellie is, you know, like, Ellie's amazing. Like, she, yeah, this, yeah, you know, your, sure. and your communication, like, <laughs> and it's like, you just, things make sense when you present them and talk about them mm -hmm. um, and the stories that you share, um, you know, it's just, it's powerful. So, um, you know, and with my learner right after that training, I remember logging back into my <laughs> Gallup account. She and did I, the whole yeah. book. Oh, well, no, I, I printed off that whole book. Yeah. I mean, I printed it. I, oh, yeah, the Strengths for Students book. I printed that off. I'm pretty sure I read it in like three days and highlighted it. Uh, you know, the, the insight guide, like all of the tools yes. on there. And just, I had, I made a whole binder and I still have it in my office with all of that you in it. You love binders. I just, I just couldn't get enough. And so... Um, you know, then transitioning to, to program coordinator the year after that too, you know, it's been something that we've had in our chapter here for a while, but it's definitely something I'm passionate about and trying to find mm -hmm. ways to explain it to mentors and encourage mentors to participate in yeah. it. Um, and that uh, webinar that I was in last week, I had made a, a comment when you guys were asking about challenges, I think it was. Um, and for me, it, yeah, it's hard to understand, like, why would everyone not want to do this? That's our But, you know, you think about the different strengths that people have. Yes. And, you know, like you said, some people to them that they may, might, well, you know, strengths, whatever, where they might see it and okay. Um, but for me, it, it's it's hard for me to understand how people wouldn't want to do it or wouldn't be excited about it. So mm -hmm. it's That's just good. something I've always, yeah, as soon as I took the assessment and did the training it's just something I was hooked on and I don't know that I can even really pinpoint it to anything it just it just made sense to me so that's our philosophy and I mean what we see and I think for me it's been really helpful to learn and come to accept to meet people where they are mm -hmm. in their willingness mm -hmm. so when we first started strengths 10 years ago it was you're gonna do this we chose 10 chapters, and then we told the mentors they were going to do it. We didn't even say, would you like to? We just said, you're going to do this, because we assumed everybody would. Yeah. And what we found is there was some pretty significant, um, the level of engagement and excitement and energy around, around strength set the stage for how the mentee felt about taking it. Mm. So we had to stop and pause and say, okay, this could be actually harmful yeah. if we have a mentor who says, ugh, strengths presenting that to a student at this point let's not do that let's shift back and let's look for who is willing um, I love that word I've started using that word a lot about willingness and who is willing and if they are awesome let's invest there yeah because they're going to help their mentee be excited about it and then we what Tess and I get to see and I know you've seen it too with students 
students' discovery of their strengths is powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think we're so lucky that we get to be sitting in this moment where a student is looking at those words and saying, this is me, and Mm -hmm. this isn't a weakness, and this isn't something wrong about me. This is me, and it's right. And you're you're affirming that Mm -hmm. right here, right now, and then we know a mentor's going to talk about that. That's really powerful. Yes. So... We're trying to figure out what the recipe is. I think the researchers in us are always looking for what's the recipe of yeah. why does someone say yes? Why are they willing to mentor? Mm-hmm. Why are they excited about strengths? Mm-hmm. Um, why do they take it to that next level? It is absolutely not an exaggeration, Janae, that when we get an email from you, both of us, if we're in the same vicinity of each other, look at each other. Janae, you know, <laughs> so excited. So when you think about, you know, we talk all the time about the the Gallup. Um, the success model and engagement, mm-hmm. and it makes all kinds of sense. Mm-hmm. I am more engaged around people who are recognizing and supporting me around my strengths. Yeah. So even if that's through an email, mm-hmm. or even if that's through five minutes that I get to spend with a student, they're hearing other people acknowledge that energy equals engagement. It's mm-hmm. good. Awesome. Well, I know that you have um, been intentional about taking strengths beyond just your role as a coordinator, mm-hmm. um, as I mentioned um, a little bit earlier. I would love for you to tell maybe some people that might be listening about what are some of the, the steps that you have taken. Um, I know you've printed off the report. You've already shared a few things. But what are some really practical steps that you've taken in your own strengths development? And then which of those tools or resources have you found to be the most helpful um, that maybe some of our listeners could look for or invest in themselves? Yeah, so like I said, when I initially took the assessment after I uh, attended the training, um, went through and I, I printed off that, you know, we do the Strengths Quest. Um, mm-hmm. So it was the, the Strengths for Students book, I mm-hmm. think. Um, printed that off, read through that, the um, action planning guide and insight report, you know, looked through that. Um, so for me, that first step was just reading more about it and kind of um, processing that information. And since then, um, you know, I would say what's been the most helpful to me has been conversations with you guys around strengths. Um, you know, our partnership day in the summer, um, our strengths day in the summer is huge. Um, and then just, you know, opportunities to learn more, whether it's, you know, through listening to you guys on Jen and Millie or, um, you know, trying to listen to other, you know, webcasts, podcasts, things like that. As I have time following different people on, you know, Facebook and Instagram that, you know, have that strengths perspective, um, I just and again that's just the learner in me though it's just kind of like constantly just Mm -hmm. wanting to take in more and learn more about it yeah but I think you mentioned on something or you touched on something that I don't think we have talked about a whole lot as important in this strengths development journey which is having like-minded people around you Mm -hmm. that understand and know the language right that um that I I am even just again just processing this right now that I don't know that I would be as engaged with strengths right if I didn't have Allie who was spotting it in me and we we tend to talk about this but Mm -hmm. I think there's something to the point of when I talk about strengths as I talk with my friend or mm-hmm. my mom, it helps Allie more become more engaged because I am just using even the language, right? Mm-hmm. This common language that we have around talent. So having something, even if you aren't having conversations, like when I scroll and I read Michael, you know, Librant's Instagram strengths talk and read her latest musings about extroversion and her woo and liking to be in, in social circles, it helps me think and reflect on, okay, what do, what do I look like in that situation? Mm-hmm. You know, how do, how do I process or, or what is my role within social and social interaction, things like that. So I think there's something to be said about just keeping the language at the forefront that once we understand the framework, having this language of talent that's at our fingertips that we can draw upon in any given moment, if even if it's in our own personal reflection, in conversations, or if it's really intentional strengths work, that makes a big difference, right? right? And having people around us to remind us of that language, I think is a, is a big difference, makes a big difference. So when we think about really this strengths tribe that has grown exponentially since we started with strengths, I think about how some of those seeds have been planted kind of takes me what you were saying takes me back to what Dr. Hasty said we had a a strengths day at Plattsmouth and he just I mean from his heart says Mm -hmm. this could change the world world. Mm -hmm. and it's 
you know, he has high analytical and he's, I mean, he's a superintendent and he's saying this with his heart is open when he's saying it and you hear it in a different way, mm-hmm. even than the way I know I believe that. Yeah. And I'm seeing how because it started with teammates, they're now possibly going to be a school district invested in strengths. Mm-hmm. And there are all of these people that are added to this tribe of mm-hmm. strengths language. And he spoke about the common language that we have so that a, a counselor can talk to a student in a common language. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about mm-hmm. those school districts in Texas where you open up power school and you see the top three or the top five. And when we go into a school district and we and see in Hershey, yeah. I mean, there yeah. are strengths name tags everywhere. Mm-hmm that intentionality about the language Mm -hmm. is so helpful because we all can describe ourselves in a way we know this you know I know I am passionately curious but the way I tended to and even sometimes still have to practice not saying is I ask too many questions Mm -hmm. so to be able to reframe it and rephrase it helps Mm -hmm. me see it as a tool all of us want to be in more days that we have flow All of us want to know what's Mm -hmm. the key to that. And I think we are oftentimes extrinsically searching for the answer for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why a lot of books are doing really well. And that's why a lot of us are still trying to find what is that recipe. But this gives us that language that not only dives into our recipe, but how can we feed your recipe? And how can Mm -hmm. we add ingredients that honor that Mm -hmm. so that everybody has more days that move easy? And I think, Janae, you've really created that mm-hmm. here. Um, when we're, and we've been here a few times. We've seen that growth yeah. and the expansion of the language. Mm-hmm. So I think I have one final question for you okay. that I would like to talk about. And that is the fact that you know your strengths well. Mm-hmm. You have um, done, you know, been very invested in the resources we provide and the resources Gallup provides. You've done coaching. You've invested in your full 34. So we can say that you get your strengths, right? You know them. How do you continue to keep your passion for strengths? How do you, I think the exact question to honor um, what we sent you, is how do you continue your strengths development now that you know your strengths well? What keeps you going? You know, like I said, I think a big thing is just my involvement with teammates. Um, you know, because we haven't incorporated strengths at the high school yet. Um, I'm really excited because tomorrow morning at the mm-hmm. new mentor training, my superintendent, who's been a mentor for a while, um, will be here. Um, he's also on my board. Um, and then the high school principal and high school assistant principal, who both are relatively new mentors, will both be here. Um, so I'm really excited for them to experience that firsthand. Um, you know, so part of it, I think, is wanting to know more and continue to develop them, to learn more and to be able to present that to people to still be able to push to where I want it to be, whether it's in the high school or whether it's through teammates. Um, But yeah, being surrounded by, you know, teammates, staff, whether it's an email or watching a, um, you know, a Jenna and Millie episode or listening now, um, or, you know, catching some, you know, webcast or other podcast or something, um, just continuing to to increase my knowledge because it's one of those things that you say I know them well but you know listening to you guys talk I don't know them as well as you guys do you guys have a lot more practice than I do um but I I still feel like I don't know enough Mm -hmm. um and especially about other strengths so I think with my individualization you know I feel like I know my top five pretty well um but I want to know you know there's still 29 other strengths that I feel like I'm not an expert on Mm -hmm. and I would like to know more about Um, And so that keeps me going, too, you know, because my husband has very different strengths than I do. Um, And so trying to understand those a little bit more, um, you know, to understand him a little bit more um, is something, you know, that's interesting. And, you know, my son has just taken Strengths Explorer so far. um, But in another year or two, he'll be able to take, you know, the regular Strengths Assessment and see his top five. So I'm kind of excited for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and yeah, when when we do the mentor um, you know, training days for strengths when they're emailing me their results and, and yeah. with the students, you know, like you said, it's just, it's, it just is intriguing to me and exciting to me. And I love being able to, you know, have conversations with kids. I had a student who had, I think the same three out of top five, um, as me and we were talking about the test ahead of time or the survey ahead of time. And I said, okay, now there's a time limit on this. So, you know, just know you only have about 20 seconds per question. Cause it doesn't want you to overthink it. And she goes, Oh, that's something I do. <gasps> 
And I said, well, you know, you're probably deliberative like me then. Like that is not bad. I kid you not, deliberative was her number two. And so, and so we talked about that and we like celebrated that, you know, afterwards. I'm like, this is a good thing. Like this is a good good quality to have. Um, so yeah, I mean, just being able to have those interactions with people, it just it just keeps me going because I love it. So Janae, when I think about, to circle back to what you said at the beginning, you saw initially deliberative maybe as a weakness. Mm-hmm. And so you have changed the trajectory for that student mm-hmm. sooner yeah. to yeah. see it as something that's right. And I, mm-hmm. I think a lot about the voices that I've been lucky enough to hear over the years. One in particular is um, Shane Lopez. And he talked yeah. about a lifetime is not enough time yeah. to to know and own your top five. But the ways that we have learned about strengths have been through conversation with others. Mm-hmm. Students especially yes. help us better understand oh. what a, a strength mm-hmm. that might not be in our top five might mean. Yeah. And then I'm just thinking today, the way that her input learner looks so different than my input communication, it gives me a better understanding of input because of the blend that you have Mm -hmm. that looks a little bit different than the blend that I have. So we're forever learning and you're strength spotting all the time. My guess is you probably know what your three-year-old daughter might have in her top three. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm Presence for sure. Oh man. Oh my gosh, I love that. Oh, and it's a beautiful thing. You know, you'll celebrate it. That's so good. Well, I hope you guys have had such a great time listening to us. We're so thankful, Janae, that you um, agreed to be interviewed. I know that this is probably not necessarily in your comfort zone, but we thank you so much for stepping out and courage um, to have a conversation with us um, because we do really so appreciate you and really recognize you as a strengths champion um, within the teammates world. And so um, we hope that as you guys are listening to this conversation that you had um, the ability to reflect a little bit on your own strengths and how you might describe them to someone who doesn't know what strengths language is or maybe even recognizing some misperceptions that people have around your strengths. Um, We also hope that um, Janae's insight has helped you you realize that there's a big difference sometimes that we see between those that know strengths and those that really get it and own it um, and hopefully that you find yourself I'm sure if you're listening to this you find yourself on one specific side of that line um, but then also I hope that you um, I hope that Janae's um, own personal development with strengths has really helped you realize that there's a plethora of resources available to you to help you in your strengths journey Jen and Millie is just one of those many resources that teammates provides that Gallup provides and that many other coaches provide um, globally that can help you in your own strengths development. That um, if you feel like you're stuck or at a plateau or you're like, gosh, I don't know where to go next, let us know. We would love you to point you to some great resources that are available. So we want to thank you all. You have something to add out? No. Oh, no. Okay, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I was just you thinking so, so, so good. Oh, okay, awesome. I'm glad. She was like giving me the eyes, and I'm like, I don't know if those are like excited mom eyes that are like so proud. Or which sometimes you know. I or okay, anyway, she's really red right now, but um, which you all can't see because we're in podcast mode, so we're grateful. Um, but thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to episode 28 of Jen and Millie. Um, we're new to the podcasting world, so please give me, give us a rating and review on whatever your podcasting platform of choice is um, to interact with us, share questions, um, responses to the questions that we posed in this episode or any feedback that you have, thoughts that you've been musing about as a result of our conversation conversation with Janae. Um, give us a follow on Instagram. We're at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-E. Until next time. <laughs>